Hey guys, it's been a while. Forgive me for my silence. I just want to get right into it. Um, let's begin with a prayer. Lord, just open our hearts tonight. Help me to to glorify your name. To bring some clarity to whatever you want to say to us tonight. Lord, use us as drums. Drums going out to battle. There was once... uh, an undefeated Japanese sword fighter. He was in some 60 or so duels. Never lost a one. A, a man accomplished in art, philosophy, war. His name was uh, Miyamoto Musashi. One of the things he was known for having said was To win any battle, you must fight as if you are already dead. It's something I've been saying for a while, but uh, to give that some context, uh, for some 800 years, Japanese samurai had unequaled success as warriors. The best samurai practiced dying before going into battle. He accepted his own death in advance. He chose to become a dead man walking before the fight. The samurai was able to commit to victory without worrying about his own survival. He was free to fight with such ferocity and focus that it made it made them almost impossible to defeat. What do you have left to lose if you're already dead. A few years ago, I I had a dream. It was as if I were being led into a funeral and there was a man lying in his casket. The coffin was open so I could see him. The room was empty and I walked up to him alone. And it was almost as if the Lord whispered to me, punch him in the face. Initially, I was kind of shocked, like, that's kind of rude or disgusting. But out of timid obedience, I did it. It wouldn't have been the kind of punch to knock someone out because I felt bad about it, but I, I did it. Some of his makeup smudged onto my knuckles. His face moved a little, not the way it would move if you punched someone alive. I stood there still feeling kind of guilty, and then he whispered, Call him the most disgusting name you can think of. Insult him. So I said it. He didn't flinch. And then, for some reason, I had a pistol in my pocket. 
and God says, put the gun against his head, threaten his life. And I did. And he didn't flinch at all. I wasn't bothered in the least. And I'm standing there, not necessarily confused, but just in, in silence, taking it all in. And I woke up thinking, as, as living, as a, as a living Christian in this world, if we were to if we're to approach life as someone who is dead, that makes us unoffendable. It makes us not someone who can be insulted. It makes us unhurtable by this world. It makes us unafraid. The dead fear nothing. And you hear about, we read about the the first martyrs or many who followed after during the reign of uh, Nero and during the the Roman arenas where Christians were ripped to pieces by lions and different animals and in battle. And when they found their their heads or their mutilated bodies, they were smiling. And you wonder, <laughs> without the power of God, Sustaining us, that's not possible. It isn't. You know, a lot of times we make our Christianity about us. But we're part of something so much bigger. We're part of a race that is advancing God's kingdom. When we can no longer run, that baton is is handed over to someone else and and the race continues. A a message that isn't popular today is that as soon as we accept Jesus' gift of salvation, the first thing he requires for us to serve him is that we die. Death! Death is the first requirement to Christianity. To following Christ, to looking anything like him. Jesus said, He who wishes to save his own life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. The problems in our world today, nearly all of them, can be attributed to cowardice, ignorant, selfish Christians. Us living for our own selves. And not only do we often not live like someone who is dead and alive in Christ only. Much of the time we're not even willing to be inconvenienced at work to tell someone, Hey, did you know Jesus loves you? Do you know where you're going when you die? We don't want, we don't want to be that weird person at work who's doesn't have any friends and we find ourselves embarrassed of Christ but the most important thing you must know in life is what you would die for I mean, <laughs> there, there, there's scripture after scripture about our death in Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ 
It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the flesh which I now live in, I'm sorry, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Colossians 3.5 Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. John 12.24 Truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. I mean, that's the thing. Last year, we saw so much disgusting cowardice, especially from Christians. For that, we have no excuse. None. Uh, None that is acceptable. People losing their jobs, churches being shut down in a hopeless and dying world. Some people, the only purpose in their life is their job. When they lost that, they lost everything. Right next to us, people committing suicide, people drinking themselves to death, children being abused at unheard of rates. Children starving to death because the family can't work. That's on us. In a world where truth is silent, lies reign. In the absence of truth, Satan raises up imitations. People have no idea that the truth they are looking for, the the emptiness that they feel. Truth is a person. Jesus, Jesus is the conqueror of death. We we have no reason to be afraid. If, If I were to die today, I know where I'm going. I would be going home. This body is just a little gift. In the scheme of things, our tiny little life here, and anyone who's ridden in a plane, even a mansion from the sky looks like a mere grain of sand. It's nothing. Why, why would we waste our lives fighting for this stuff that just a few seconds in an airplane is nothing compared to the value of a soul? We know that we live in an idolatrous and an evil dying, lost world. And the worst thing you can ever do is is not know who you were created to be, the, the God we were created to worship. In the absence of God on the throne in your life, with his Holy Spirit living in you, you will waste your life in ignorance, emptiness, and idolatry. I almost feel like I was the opposite of Jesus. He'd, if if nothing else, heed my warning. If I can spare even one person the agony of 30 years of Christian immaturity, hypocrisy, and, and compromise, this was all worth it. I look back on my life before I actually saw the face of God, before I, I spent 
months worshipping in his presence. Locked away in a concrete box. Before I actually met him, I had no idea what it was to fall in love. To, to wake up in tears, eagerly running to this little concrete closet. Spending eight or nine hours a day just worshipping in his presence. God longs, God longs for intimacy with you. The way a husband longs for his wife. Give yourself to him. You know, idolatry blinds us. We were born into a satanic society. All of its establishments exist for your destruction. We're surrounded by people who are hopeless and blind and lost. There's a passage in Isaiah... It kind of speaks of the ridiculous of idolatry, the ridiculousness of idolatry, like how we, we worship money or sex or alcohol, drugs, entertainment, and all these things. We know that they're, they're worthless gods. That even a life spent frivolously on these things at any expense, at, at the end, they are worthless. There are many millionaires who commit suicide. You think to yourself, man, he, he had it all. She had everything. She was beautiful and rich and famous, and, and it was worthless. And from what is left of the wood, he makes a god, his graven idol. He falls down to it. He worships it and prays to it and says, Deliver me, for you are my god. They do not know or understand, for their eyes God has let become smeared so that they cannot see, and their eyes as well, so they cannot understand. Uh, their minds as well. And no one considers in his mind to say to himself, I have burnt part of this log in the fire, and I have baked bread on its coals, and have roasted meat and eaten it, and shall I make the remainder into an abomination, the very essence of what is disgusting and shamefully vile in the eyes of God? That kind of man feeds on ashes. A deluded mind has led him astray, so that he cannot release and save himself or even ask, Is this, is this thing I'm holding in my hand nothing more than a lie? We can't afford a selfish life. The very thing that enabled the followers of Jesus to smile while they were being stoned to death, to sing songs of worship and praise in prison for telling people about Jesus. The day after being nearly beaten to death and run out of villages, they returned happily the next morning to preach again, regardless of the consequences. That was love. That only comes from God's Holy Spirit living inside of us. The very breath in our lungs is a gift from God. Our silence and cowardice in a lost and dying world is their blood on our hands. Lord, make us a people where your love 
pours out of us continually. Where your love is something that is cultured. During our worship on our knees in your presence. Lord, make us like you at any cost. Give us the desire to completely die. To run after you and your kingdom at any cost. Lord, let your Holy Spirit continue to fill us with your word. When we're reading your Bible, Lord, make it alive. In Jesus' name, amen.